0: It's a five star podcast
1: because we do it.
0: What's What's up, everybody? Welcome to the What's Real Podcast Best of 2022 or Best of Season 3 Awards. Um, We have nine exciting categories for you guys this time. Of course, I am your host, Ed Demko, along with my tag team championship partner in podcasting and in award shows the j himself jared bajoris
1: welcome the j clang clang hey yeah, clang clang our tag team title belts and clang clang Our award statues here for the winners and nominees and everything going on we're partying we're, we're both in our tuxes hey yeah, i got my orange one i know you got your powder blue one we're harry and and floyd or harry and floyd harry and lloyd up in this mug, already in the witching hour, hey, yeah, but it's Christmas Eve as we record. So Merry Christmas to you and the family and to everybody listening. Happy holidays, happy new year, all this stuff for our final special going into season four of the R question mark in 2023 craziness. But let's do the awards, man, the best of 2022 and the year that was in the, all the pop culture that we covered. Absolutely. So let's just get it started
0: out this way. Let's do let's just load it up with wrestling. First and foremost, the J. So we do a lot of wrestling talk here on the show throughout the year. Um, So it's not real surprising that we would have multiple categories in pro wrestling. So let's start it off here. The J, the best pay-per-view of
1: 2022. What do you have for this one? I got to say, this is why this is fun. Hey, Ed, it's kind of going back and and seeing like everything moves so fast nowadays, you know, And, and we've talked about that it's like, my kid's generation and my my nephew that's like 18, that kind of generation, they're like used to it. Us old heads are like, you know, can we slow down? Like, you know, Netflix, of course, starting the seasons, everything's coming at once. So you binge it. And there's just so much shit. And looking back at the wrestling pay-per-views because they come and and we review everyone for the, the podcast and everything. But they just kind of come and go. And then looking back, I'm like, man, 2022 had some really good shit. And, uh, obviously I'm just including the ones that I've watched. So that just breaks down to AEW and WWE. So just wanted to kind of filter that. Uh, so my pay-per-view of the year nominees, Hey Ed, I had WWE, SummerSlam, Extreme Rules, Mania, and Clash at the Castle. And for AEW, I had All Out and Double or Nothing as my nominees. And you want to throw out yours and I'll throw out my winners.
0: Well, I was going to say this is kind of weird because I don't have a lot of nominees for this one at all. Um, being that WrestleMania, I hate the two-night thing. So as far as that moving forward, unless it's literally a mind-bogglingly good show, I'm probably never going to pick WrestleMania again as my best pay-per-view of the year. Um, I really like the Rumble, but they were still in a weird spot at the time for the Rumble. So frankly, WWE's not winning this award for me this year. Um, so I was looking through AEW, and it's really weird because there's a lot of AEW shows that I remember very well that when I go back and look at it, I'm like, this wasn't as good as I remembered it being. Uh, my best pay-per-view of the year is a show that I probably did not think would win it at all, oddly enough. So I'll get to that here in a moment. But, um, you know, yeah, it was. it's a weird year. There's a lot of stuff, but it's amazing how a lot of it just doesn't stick with me, like, after the fact.
1: That's what That's, I was saying.
0: Exactly. It, it just doesn't, like, it's not, It's it's weird because it wasn't a bad year. It's not like I'm trying to ho-hum the entire year, but it's not a very memorable one other than, like, the CM Punk drama. Um, WWE stuff is so, it's like rinse, wash, and repeat so much that I'm like, I don't,
1: remember anything because it's probably happened seven times other than the so. uh, bloodline just running rough shot for a whole year for
0: the most yeah, part I mean, that's good but here's here's the really weird thing about that i'm not shitting on that i think it's one of the best things in the company okay so what was the top three roman reigns feuds of the year the jay like they can't they had really good matches and everything what
1: were they yeah that's what t- it's is tough because he he just goes from opponent to opponent and yes. kind of, you know, being in with the Usos and, like, Sammy getting over, like, the last half of the year, basically, and everything. It kind of waters down his singles run.
0: Absolutely. And then, you, for example, you have the, the Steel Cage match that they had, at, like, the War Games match, which, you know, we, we reviewed here on the show. Like, the match was good and everything, but, like, you knew one team had no chance at all. None. That was a so problem it,
1: with that booking. We broke that down, yeah.
0: So, it was done as a main event to just showcase them. I'm like, this is a pay-per-view, guys. You don't, it, like, this is where you have the matches. Like, you don't showcase talent like that here. That's what television's for, really. Yeah, the, the but, first ever
1: War Games match on WWE TV in, in the pay-per-view and Survivor Series main event, it, it should have been a, a really, like, big blood feud that they built yeah. up with with some guys against them, you know? 100%. It was just thrown, and, th- thrown together.
0: And it's even weirder because Trips is the one that did that. So, like, Trips knows
1: that that's not the right way to do
0: that he knows that but
1: yeah maybe he just uh, didn't have the time there was more to it but whatever it's a good breakdown hey oh yeah
0: but uh best pay-per-view of the year the j Who gets your nod?
1: Um, I went with the runner-up for me with WWE Clash of the Castle. I don't even think you caught that because you didn't have the network at the time. But that show was, like, really good, man, because it was a a huge stadium in Scotland and, like, the atmosphere and everything. And that's the one where Gunner and Sheamus stole the show and had one of my matches of the year and a lot of other people's and things like that. So I really enjoyed that show. That was my runner-up. I went with All Out, though. Um, And not just because of the controversy afterwards, I just thought that was a really good overall show. Just breaking it down and looking at everything for my personal taste. I'm like, overall, man, that was my show of the year for sure. Uh, AEW All Out 22.
0: That's the one that I thought of initially, okay, for me. Um, So I went back and I started looking at the shows and going over everything. And that one didn't hold up as well for me. Uh, so my choice might surprise you. Um, this is the one that when when I go back and I looked at the card I was like, yeah, this is this was definitely my favorite show of the year. Uh, I'm going with AEW New Japan's Forbidden Door pay-per-view. That show was loaded, had great matches. Osprey was on it. Fucking yeah, that was the one show that I remember when I That's was That's a watching good call. It. I didn't even think of that obviously as it, not it's, even having a nominee. Dude, that show just kept hitting me in the face when I was watching it. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, they're really going all out in this motherfucker. Like, you know, pun intended there. But um, but a really good show. So, I went with that one. And it, how funny is that, too? Because we basically said, you know, this is mainly WWE and AEW shows, but I picked the one. That's yeah, New on Japan them. involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, that's cool, though. I mean, it's it's not a a big major mystery though why that would be chosen because it's a pretty special show it's not like they did five of them this year
1: right yeah no that's a good call and a good breakdown and uh like I said I, I thought looking back on it though um you you made a great point as far as like um like memorable moments. We're truly lacking, I would think, to in comparison to other years and stuff like that. And we always say that could be also our perspective. I mean, we've been watching this shit for 30-plus years. And like we said, we just watch week in and week out to keep up with it. So uh, it, it just might be watered down in general. But nonetheless, looking back, there were some some really solid shows and some fun pay-per-views.
0: Next up, we have Best Wrestling Company. Um, now, this would typically be something I would save for later, but I think this one's going to be pretty cut and dry here, at least for me. Um, I picked AEW. Um, Not every company has its flaws. I don't think anybody's particularly killing it right now. Um, It's just I feel like AEW has been the most consistent as far as something I want to watch on a
1: week to week basis. I'll tell you what, hey, Ed, the J picked AEW as well, but it was much closer than you might have thought with WWE. And I have to say, we talked about that placebo effect with Triple H taken over and everything that happened this year with Vince McMahon having to step down and things like that. And this huge turnover at WWE and it's just like, Is it a placebo effect? Is it that much better? And I don't think it's light years ahead. I still think it definitely needs some time. We keep saying we're right on the verge of the really big test for Triple H and this regime to see how they do with the Rumble, the Road to Mania. And then, of course, the the WrestleMania that's going to take place in Los Angeles, WrestleMania goes Hollywood, just to see how they handle that is going to be a huge step. But nonetheless, the WWE's really changed a lot in in a lot of positive ways. There's there's stuff that I catch that I'm really liking right now. You know, we talked about the run of the bloodline, things like that. Some some really good matches. They're actually pushing some different people. Definitely has its flaws, just as AEW has, and that's what kind of dropped AEW down a couple notches for me is that they've been kind of more hit or miss recently than they have in the past for me, but still just really strong programming, really good show. I always look forward to dynamite. I I have my tradition of watching like the combo of rampage and SmackDown. Uh, I tape them and watch them on Saturday mornings with my morning coffee and things like that. So uh, I'm watching some good stuff, but AEW still takes, takes it for me. You know, the deciding
0: factor for me on this one, um, And it's a weird one, but it's, but because it's so, there's so many people involved. That's, that's why it became a deciding factor. So you were talking about WWE and Triple H getting the run of everything. And one of the things that Triple H is probably most well known for during this run is rehiring a bunch of talent that was previously released. Um, and it's a pretty big amount of people. Like, would you say that if I said it was 10 people that I'd be exaggerating? No, not at all. Okay. Um, my biggest problem, and it's why AEW won the award to me, is I don't think a single one of these really made a, a, a difference, not one, none. Um, I was watching SmackDown last night and there was uh, like an angle in the show that where Braun Strowman was, was completely involved with. And it, it ended in a match that was pretty good. Um, him and Ricochet ended up fighting Imperium. So it was a decent match, decent tag match. But I don't think Strowman's any good. I don't understand what the purpose of even having him around is. I don't think he moves the needle. I don't think many people really care about him. Um, you know, we kind of saw that last time when he was in the company, and he was a major deal, and then just kind of went down the other side and never got back up again. Um, I think can be same. the same can be said for a lot of those people, like Tegan Knox. okay? Like, and then there was reports coming out that Triple H was, you know, tremendously unhappy with a lot of the talent that he brought back. and. You know, we've said this before, like it sucks when they go on those mass firings and stuff like that, but don't get it twisted. Like not every one of these people deserves a job or is good enough to be here and or in a W or in a lot of companies, a lot of these people need more seasoning. They were probably brought up earlier than they should have been originally. Um, that's part of the problem. And that ultimately made the decision for me when I was picking best wrestling company of the year. Now, AEW has issues, too, with bringing in talent, not using them correctly. But I don't think there are people that just show up and it's like they don't mean anything anymore. And that's what these people are that I'm talking about, that the WWE rehired.
1: Right. And I, I would say my biggest component to go towards AEW throughout 2022 is still the, the in-ring. And, and it's not, you know, again, WWE has some, some barn burners, man. They have some great matches here and there. Just so much content weekly from the WWE. Uh, you're bound to have some good matches out of it, of course. And there's been some really good stuff. But AEW still takes the cake with that, with with the in-ring action. Even if the bookings off, even if they're misusing guys, like you said, at the heart of it, you'll still get some really ridiculous matches from week to week. And, and their pay-per-views just always seem to bring it.
0: Absolutely. So now we move on to the Wrestler of the
1: Year category. First up, Female Wrestler of the Year, the J. Who are you picking? All right. This, this was my longest list of nominees yet. I just kind of did it my way. Like you said, you kind of did this your way. Uh, so I'll just throw them at you. Hey, Ed, then you can throw uh, you know your stuff at us, and I'll, I'll throw my winner. Uh, but my Female Pro Wrestlers of 2022 were nominated as Ronda Rousey, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Mandy Rose, Asuka, EOSky, Bailey, Becky, and Bianca Belair.
0: Yeah, I would pretty much agree with that list. It's not a bad list. Uh, I thought that, you know, everybody in there was pretty well-encompassed for the most part. It's just difficult to, in this category for me, like, if you had an interim AEW women's world title run, that's not going to get you very far with me. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, lot The the biggest problem in this category for a lot of people was they're just not consistent through the whole year. Um, and that was like Thunder Rosa, like that's fine. She did really good for herself and then she just disappeared for a while. So like that really hurts her chances. So this is one though that I, it's really weird because I feel like you could have picked a lot of different people for this one and the male pro wrestler of the year, but I'm very satisfied with who I picked for both of them. I think they're both very definitive and I'm like, yeah, I can stand on that pretty, pretty strongly.
1: Right. So who are you thinking or do you want me to throw out mine first? Hey, well, I'll go
0: with mine first. So my female pro wrestler of the year is none other than Bianca Belair. Um, Every time I see her, she's increasingly better. She's had a pretty good run with the title. Um, They seem to push her to the forefront of like our big female star that we're pushing. And I think she's done a great job with it. She matches up well with everybody. She's one of the best athletes in the entire company. And, you know, we both complained here incessantly when she just lost that belt to Becky at WrestleMania, kind of hot it over to Becky. And they kind of screwed that feud up a little bit the way that they were doing it. But the way that they were able to recover for her is fantastic. So good for her. She deserves it. My female wrestler of the year is Bianca Belair.
1: And that's why it's great having two hosts and two different differing opinions, because Bianca would definitely be my choice. But with things that happen and just the way I looked at everything, and you'll know this when I say it, hey, Ed, there's a number of varying factors on why I picked this woman as the female pro wrestler of the year. I went with Mandy Rose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but not, not not just because of her looks which is first and foremost you know it's, i'm not
0: uh, dude i'm not gonna argue she had a hell of a fucking she had a
1: hell of a year hell of a run um you know wrestling statistics for as much as they're worth her numbers were were ridiculous for how long she's had the the nxt title i think she had the uh the number two run to oscar when oscar had her run in NXT many moons ago, but nonetheless, she had a great run. I think she's just really getting better and better in ring. And then she, of course has the, the obvious looks that, that brings her to the table in the WWE. And then the final, final factor to try of just try to be different than going with somebody like Bianca was the fact that she got released when I think she shouldn't have, you know, and that's, that's kind of a, as we say on the show, a, a different discussion for a different day kind of thing. But nonetheless, uh, all that going into it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it to Mandy Rose,
0: dude. Other companies out there should be literally tripping over themselves right now to sign her up. She's a star. She's a big deal. She's good. People like her. Um, they're idiots for just getting rid of her.
1: Yeah, because like, you know you know how it is. And again, I I I won't diatribe, but it's like look at all those incidents like everybody throws of course jay uso under the bus for those that don't know jay Uso's had a couple yeah. of duis yeah keeping yeah. the company whatever i'm not you know i'm not touching it i'm not involved dude, in what, saying it's just a point but then she's you know again it was company protocol that she broke that's what trip Wage said he had to do what he had to do but nonetheless it's like very hypocritical in my opinion for what she did in comparison to some of these other people
0: dude you know what the big factor is for me currently in the company why i think it's bullshit that she got fired they still hired and keep hired Matt
1: Riddle. And yeah. And he's currently some... on suspension, correct? And Yeah. Dude,
0: drugs. And they don't yeah. test for weed anymore. So your boy was blowing lines, most likely. Something. Um, especially when you look at the other things that have Hopefully gone Hopefully it wasn't heroin. Like, dude, he's had... Uh, like, have you seen any of this stuff about his custody trial? A little bit. He, he seems like a pretty bad dude. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Like, and the dude's on a ton of shit. And it... Just doesn't seem like a very good person in the least. Um, And he's a fucking weirdo on top of it. So, but he still has a job there,
1: you know, is
0: what it is. But I digress. Now we move over to the male pro wrestler of the year, the J. This one was pretty cut and dry for me, but I'm curious to see what you think.
1: All right, so I'll do the same thing, throw out some nominees, and uh, you know, you can throw out your your thoughts, hey, Ed, and then I'll just get to you my winner. So male pro wrestler of the year in twenty twenty two. Of course we have Roman Reigns, Will Ospreay, I put on here, Kenny Omega, even though it was short because of injury, uh, I still think Kenny's one of the best in the world. Uh Jungle Boy, I put on the list, and I rounded it out with Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn. Well, goddamn.
0: I'm very curious to see who your pick is for this one here, because we might be completely different. (laughs) Um, I don't disagree with a lot of people that you said, Um, you know, Romans in it every year at this point, Um, you know, there's a lot of people too that have like been sparingly like you know like an MJF's a good
1: choice but he wasn't Yeah, there. I thought of him. Yeah. So, you know,
0: there are people like that and that's understandable. It's too, like we like talked though. about
1: with Daniel Bryan that's why he doesn't make the list because of his inconsistency. Like he's still good, but he just has not clicked in my opinion in in AEW. It just comes back to what I was saying earlier about like in-ring stuff is great, but I kind of want more from him, you know. We well, you
0: know it's really weird like just and it's weird because they're so closely associated. But I think it's really weird how that works to the detriment of brian danielson being in that group but it doesn't work to the detriment of moxley to be in that group which is weird like that it shouldn't really matter but it it does matter to those two characters i just think dude brian danielson is the best when he's by himself he's the best when they view him as like an underdog but he's so skilled that he's really never the underdog kind of a thing and and I don't think – I'll just be honest. I don't think AEW has done a very good job at that up to this point. That's what they I'm really saying. really haven't. No. So, hopefully we see that change. But, yeah, he's not in the running for my male pro wrestler of the year either. Um, but I'm very curious to see where you go with this one, Jay. So, who is your choice for the male pro wrestler of 2022?
1: In my eyes, the biggest and baddest, man. The best run in years. He is his – generations for forerunner you know at the forefront of his generation i'll put it that way roman reigns baby for male wrestler of 2022 i would not disagree with that but i am going to disagree with it in this case Nice, two different
0: ones in each category it's cool the guy that i'm choosing in this category would beat out roman reigns for a handful of reasons of course roman has the most dominant title reign in the sport currently today that's there's no arguing with that you can't you, if you argue with that, you're wrong, it's that simple. The guys had a legendary run, um, but like I said, how I many of those matches do you remember from the past year? Uh, you know, they, they were just pushing the bloodline, so I get that. So I went with a choice of a guy who not only has been the top dog, um, not only has done his best to help other talent out, and who has come back in his company's time of need, to carry the fucking company on his back. So my choice for the male pro wrestler of the year uh, is none other than fellow former SHIELD member with Roman Reigns, John Moxley. Um, Dude should be commended for everything that he's done this year. He's went to rehab, he's gotten his life back together. Um, He's working in a crazy fucking level. Like he's had great matches with people all year long. Um, He was the company savior through all the punk bullshit. Um, A guy that they can, you know, put the belt on where it wouldn't be like, what the fuck is this? Like, no, people buy it. He's the man there um credit to him because i really didn't like you know this i didn't really care for the moxley character for a really long i was gonna
1: say that that's so cool for me to hear you say that on the show because yeah that's a 360 for you because initially you weren't big on moxley and it's just as we say we call spades a spade and and it's like you know you're allowed to change your mind or you know somebody can go on a run and change their trajectory and you could be into it and i think that's what happened with with you and moxley and i completely agree with everything you're saying man like uh, even the behind the scenes stuff for him to make public the whole rehab thing was in this past year and then come back and then like you said he was supposed to go on vacation and all the punk stuff happened and he came back and and carried him uh great points hey
0: and dude he doesn't have like and i'm just using the, the the shield as the comparison here he does not have what the other two guys in that group have the other two guys are good looking dudes they're charismatic type guys they're, you know, they they fit the mold of professional wrestling, and oh, like it's not like when you see Seth Rollins, you're, are you surprised that he's a big deal? When yeah. you see Roman, are you surprised that he's the main guy in the fucking company? Then you see Moxley, and if you don't know about wrestling, you'd be like, is this guy the fucking janitor? Or yeah, what, like like, what's his deal? But he makes that character work, and I think that that character is. Tremendously different than what other people Are doing in the business so I kind of give him his Credit there is carving out his own fucking Space and doing very well with it And dude he travels well He wrestles in AEW he can wrestle in New Japan it works wherever He goes like he wrestled in GCW He like he can make it Work wherever he goes this is a dude who had A multi-year run in WWE On top as well so You know Moxley can do a lot More than what it seems like he can do so I give them credit there, for sure. Good choice, so, good points. We are not done, though, with the Best of 22. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and whenever we come back, we got four more awesome categories for you guys, including Sneaker of the Year, Best Album of the Year, Athlete of the Year, Best TV Show, and Best Movie. So stay tuned, guys. We will be back right after this, right here, on the Best of 22 Awards of the What's Real Podcast
1: hey everybody we're back that's right it's season four of the what's real podcast with the season premiere and episode 145 and
0: we're gonna have more of your favorites coverage of movies coverage of pro wrestling and of course the national football league which our
1: coverage continues with steelers football
0: fantasy football and predictions
1: Join your favorite tag team champions of podcasting with season four and the return of the What's Real podcast.
0: And we're back, and it is time to get get back into the awards here the best of 22 here on the What's Real podcast. So, next up, the J,
1: let's go with Athlete of the Year. What do you think about this one? Uh, Dude, I think you're going to be pretty surprised at my choice. Uh, It's pretty different this year, but my nominees are Giannis uh, from the Bucks? Steph Curry, of course, is always going to be here if he's still in his prime and shooting like he does. Uh, Luca, of course. I put Otani on uh, as a nominee yeah, this year from MLB. You, you have to, yeah. Um, Lionel Messi is on here. I have Serena Williams to get a female on. And then uh, my representation from probably my favorite uh, sport of all time, uh, pro football in the NFL, I have Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with those. There's one person that I would put on the list uh,
0: that you didn't mention, but I'm I'll talk about that in a moment obviously. Um you know, this is a different one for me too. I think people might be surprised for me because you know, I tend to watch more basketball and football than anything. Uh but oddly enough, my choice for athlete of the year is not from those two sports. So, who is your athlete for 2022, the J?
1: Because of the historic Kind of backing of the whole situation and everything and, and watching this uh, and it, it, as it went on, like, you know, live and just the emotions that I even had, not even caring about it is kind of why I went with it. And I actually went with Lionel Messi with his win with Argentina and winning Dude. the World Cup. Like, it was just <laughs> ridiculous.
0: This is so weird because when you were saying that, I thought we picked the same person. <laughs> and we haven't picked one of the same things yet, which is really cool. And it's not going to be that way on this one either.
1: Uh, Because
0: let's see if you see where I'm going with this.
1: Campbell, do the drum roll
0: because of the historical significance, uh, because it's something that you don't see very often. We may have already seen it once in our lives, but it was not above board this time it was. Um, So what I did for athlete of the year, I went with the man that set essentially what I think is the brand new home run record for single seasons. I went with Aaron Judge. From the New York, Oh, Angeles. cool, nice. Because he hit sixty-two Very fucking different. home runs, and dude, in this day and age, that's a pretty big feat. So that's why I went with him for that one, man. That's when you do historical shit in baseball. To me, that's why it was really hard for me not to pick Otani. Yeah, because the, exactly. the dude that's hit a bunch of home runs, fucking yep. pitches like that's unforeseen.
1: We're like, talk t- about athlete,
0: dude. That's the only time in our lifetimes that that's ever happened. That exactly. there's a dude that did that. So, he's on the list every year just because of that. But, but yeah, I went with Aaron Judge because he broke that record. If he wouldn't have broken that record, I think I would have probably picked Otani uh, for my choice. But that's why I went with that one, man. It was a difficult choice, though, but that one seemed to really, like, for whatever reason, just kept sticking out to me.
1: Yeah, and again, reflecting on the year that was and being big sports fans and kind of having our, you know – Pulse on the finger of most major sports, even the ones we don't follow as much. Like you said, with baseball, we both have our admiration and respect for the sport. It just sucks living in Pittsburgh more than anything as an MLB fan. But but yeah, I mean, when you're talking about looking back on everything and you know, solid NBA year, we, we talked about our favorite sport being football. and We cover it heavily on the What's Roll podcast. And we even admitted like football, the product right now is kind of weird. It's kind of in a, an evolutional place, I think. You know, like the, we, we talked about the, the defensive has kind of caught up to the high powered offense of the past few years and things like that. And, you know, the parody's great. Like, I love the fact that it truly is any given Sunday. You know, yeah. like anybody can beat anybody for the most part which is a cool factor, but it still makes the sport kind of weird to watch, but you know, it's still fun. Uh, but yeah, just looking back on it, man. And, and again, going to my pick with Lionel Messi with just such a historic world cup, just such a classic game. Uh, you know, you, you, I don't necessarily like seeing it end in penalty kicks as it did, but, it still like was so cool that it came down to that, It ended up being a three-three game. You know how soccer is, hey Ed, or as Europe calls it, football. There, there could be times where like <laughs> nobody's scoring, you know, like, <laughs> or as I call it, boring. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think I, I have a more respect for it too because that was the, the my big sport of, of choice growing up and playing that, and kind of giving up on, on football because of my situation and everything. So I really respect the sport
0: it's very weird
1: because soccer does remind me of golf in a lot of ways like it's
0: fun to play yeah just, exactly I, I,
1: I even say that too i only I only watch the world cup <laughs> every four years really every once in a while i'll catch something but for the most part uh that's the only time i watch as well Yeah, and it's like i'm weird with golf too like i could give two shits about it but i i do right, watch. exactly but i'll, watch, I'll the, watch the
0: masters or the, the U.S. Masters. open yeah just you know the us open's kind of cool because they play on courses that are incredibly hard so it's like you're watching the best golfers in the world struggle in very difficult course, <laughs> right. so it's yeah, interesting. It's but like, yeah, but for the most part, I don't, you know, not very good spectator sports, in my opinion. But that's just me. You, you know, I, I get why you made the choice. I wouldn't argue with it, you know. Yep. So now we go to the best sneaker of 2022. Um, there's a lot of shit like there is every year, um, and this one's going to be a lot different for me too, because like the choice that I picked here, I don't even own them. Um, but I've had them in my hand, so that's why I'm making my choice the way that I'm making it. So uh, what were some of the stuff you were thinking of as far as best sneaker 22, the J?
1: Uh, okay, I just threw on a few this year, hey, Ed, because when I started like really thinking about nominees, the list just gets out of hand. Because it like is. you said, not only do I have a, a lot of nominees that I personally purchased this year, but I also have ones like you said that i couldn't get my hands on or that I, I wouldn't even have a chance at like you know say this isn't one that i nominated but like the louis vuittons you know the louis vuitton dunks and everything else like the crazy ones but i went with just three solid ones a nice little trilogy of nominees for sneaker of the year i went with the jordan 11 cherries the jordan og1 lost and founds and the we talked about these two hey and i had to put them on there the kobe mamasitas You know, the special ones with with Gigi on the back and Kobe on the uh, the back of the other shoe on each of the shoes. And I didn't get my hands on those. I really wanted those, but definitely wanted to nominate them. Dude, this is just a random thing that I wanted to
0: mention here. So I was at the mall recently, like about a week ago, and I walked into a store, and I didn't even know these came out. And, of course, it's Christmas time. I was trying to do some shopping, so it was like, don't you can't buy these for yourself. But, like, I was really fucking close.
1: Guess what they had sitting on the shelf? Uh, it could
0: be anything. What, what was it? HL. And I w- I've wanted a pair of these for a few years, and I know you'll know this with me, dude. They had Air Jordan One fucking Gore-Tex. Uh, of course. And these Gore-Tex. ones are like a gold and silver kind of color. Like they were ridiculous, and they were two hundred bucks. And I was like, fuck, like I want these so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> but they I had can't. your size. Did you know? I, I didn't even check because yeah. I was like, dude, I'm not gonna. Just can't do it. Because if they have in my size, I'm going to buy them. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, like that's, that's, that's
0: a wrap. I'm, yeah, it's a wrap, 100%. But it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I will go back there after Christmas. <laughs> if they still yeah. have those motherfuckers, I'm Where were they at? Them. At Snipes, which is... Snipes, uh, yeah, at the you, you, over there. Used to be like Jimmy Jazz. They changed yeah. it. I don't know yeah. what the deal is with it. But I was kind of surprised. Dude, not going to lie, to, They had a handful of things sitting on the shelves.
1: Like, yeah, you can catch them. You said, you know, time, you know life is timing.
0: You know them sixes that you got that are all black with, like, the orange and the yellow, like, accents on them? Yeah. They had those sitting. And I'm like, dude, those came out months ago. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, They had the pair of three, the Jordan threes that are, like, the black and brown and fucking, like, they're mainly black. Like, they had those. I'm like, dude, they had, man, they had a pair of Jordan 1 lows that were fucking ridiculous, too. Like, blue, black, and gray. I'm like. Of course, when I come in here
1: normally, there's nothing. Well, but I come in here at Christmas time, and you guys got nine pairs in that I'd buy. Well, you know what it could it could be too. Like I was alluding to is is the sizes. Like if they only have one size, it's like you know I kind of get it because that's because you know it is on the sne- the Nike sneaker app. You'll go to the one uh, area that that it says like is available, and you'll be like, oh, just like the same thing you're saying. I'm like, oh, these are still available, and then you click on it, and there's like one size. It's like five and a half is yep. available. You know, one size. And so. which is, yeah, see, we're kind
0: of lucky because we both wear size 12s, right? So, like, we get lucky in this regard when it comes to sizes. Even though a ton of motherfuckers wear 12s, right? We only have to fight against other grown-ass men. Yeah, right. Teenagers that have big feet, right? Yeah. Women we don't have to compete with. My, dude, Kids, my, nephew, we my nephews wear
1: 14 Had that, Both dude, of them. You, you know, it's, when
0: I was in high school, I wore 13.
1: Yeah. I wear 12s now. My, you know, we always talk about the, the 13s that we both still have from 98, the originals, uh, that those are 13s that I Same. Have. Yeah. Same. That's why I don't even wear them anymore. They're just too big. Like I, Yeah, they still wear, fit I mean, me. It's weird.
0: I, I mean, I could probably make them fit, but they, they're like weird. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it is what it is. But, you know, lots of cool shit for sure. But I have two choices here that I was going to go with for sneaker of the year. And it's funny because one of them is the same one that you picked. Uh, that's the Jordan one, Lost and Founds. Those are incredible. And I also went with the uh, ama Montierre Jordan 4s. Um, the Monier shit is fucking fantastic. Ridiculous. You've seen them in person. Yep. It's just like, now when you see these in pictures, they're not going to blow you away. They're weird colorways. They're like browns and things like that a lot of time. But the material. Which, which doesn't really blow my mind either. You know what I mean? but when you have these in your fucking hands it's such a step up all the way around like the materials are insane they do the quilted insides the leathers the fu- just the materials are so much better than what you typically see on Jordans and you know I know that they do that for collabs and shit like that but that's one area I really wish Jordan would would get away from um Like, you know, Jordan should have high quality. That should be the point of them. Now, if you do the lows or the mids in different quality or children's in different quality, I don't really care about that. That doesn't bother me as much. But when you get a pair of OG high retros, like ones or, you know, like Jordan threes or four, you know, all the classic, like they should put enough
1: care into them to fucking put good materials on them
0: or just don't
1: put them out. Exactly. And that's that's why I know you champion New Balance. Hundred percent. how well they're put together. And know, plus, you, it's American-made, which is cool. Well, not all of them. I mean, okay. they, they they have made in
0: the UK. They do made in the USA. They do made in Taiwan. They, you just have to pay attention to the different ones. But right. really, all you have to do is pay attention to the price tag. Because that's the big difference. Um, but you do own pairs of New Balance. Like, did I bullshit you on the qual? Were you really, like, when you got them and you were kind of looked like, yeah, dude, these are fucking multi-layered they use yeah, different material like it's it's why like if you care about sneakers and you really get into how they're made and you know like what you're actually wearing on your feet new balance a lot of people those are old people shoes. they're not all old people shoes man look at the shit yeah the, one,
1: the ones you buy at like burlington <laughs> like yes. the new balance from burlington are but yeah if you really like really go to the the shop you know well, do some my, shit
0: and we know this shit, but a lot of people don't. But, like, dude, if if Amy L- Leon Dior is doing collaborations with you, you're not making old people shit. You're yeah, right. high fashion houses want to make shit with your company. So, yeah, you're there. Uh, not all new balances are created equal, but like I said, 574s are cool, anything over 900, and you're literally beating out everything in the industry. Like, if you have 990s, you know uh, thirteen hundreds, all shit. black 990s yeah 990v2s are some of the best fucking shoes that, that are out there it, just so people know like people are used to jordans and shit these retail for like $185 um i have a pair of made in the usa fucking new balances you know what the retail is on those the jay two something 285 yep and th- they're not hype they're not taxing you because, oh, fucking everybody. Went. Like they're taxing you because of the materials and the fact that they were made in the United States. So by people who make a fucking salary, not like slave children and shit. Yeah, Making so, 10 cents an hour. Yeah, so you're gonna pay for that. But what the result usually is, is really quality shoes. Like dude, I know that we don't wear all our sneakers out, huh? but like with a pair of those new, like those nine nineties, like you could probably wear those every day for fucking 10 years and they're still going to be pretty good.
1: Oh yeah. It's all you about know? the quality, especially if you're paying that kind of money. That's the bottom line, like you were saying. Yeah. And you get what you pay for with a company
0: like that. They're not going to short you on the, the quality uh, of materials. So, uh, so the J, here we go. Who is or what is your best sneaker of
1: 2022? So the three I mentioned, uh, two I do Not Own, one I do. I picked the one I own. I just wore them at our big um, premiere, our big film premiere we had with Churchill Pictures not too long ago this week. The Cherry 11s were the Jays pick for sneaker of the year.
0: This one was really tough for me because I love both of these shoes when I saw them. I was really impressed with both of them. Um, but I'm going to go with the Amal Manier Jordan 4s. Um, they're fantastic quality. They're amazing shoes. Like they really knocked that one out of the park. And frankly, and you know this because you you were there with me the Jay when I saw these. Um, it was really hard to pick against the Lost and Founds because I fucking love them. Like I yeah. was literally I'm like showing like, dude, you see this? Like, look at this. Like, but they're yep. really the colorway's money. It's a great idea for a shoe, and they they absolutely killed that. But the Amamani airs, man, the quality on them is just out of this fucking world. So and they're not easy to get. Um, but like, I guarantee you anybody who's had them in hand understands completely why I would pick them. So now let's head over to the world of entertainment. The J first up best television show. This one was incredibly hard. Um, because there's like 50 billion shows between Netflix, (laughs) HBO max fucking every, so like this one was one of the more difficult categories to do for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think with it's just funny doing the show week to week. We have so many similar interests, obviously, and things like that. But we, we talk about quite obviously, too. There's another side to it that we're completely different in a lot of ways. And I think with the way that entertainment consumption is currently, like you mentioned, with all these varying options, the oversaturation, everything that goes into it that our lists are going to be really different this year and and continue to be like that as we move forward. I mean, I'm sure we'll have some similar stuff uh, and and we'll get into it like with the movies, for example, like with bigger budget stuff compared to some stuff that you might be picking that's obscure and things like that. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming that's the same with going to be TV and music too. So the Jays nominees for TV show of 2022 include Reacher, Guillermo del Toro presents Cabinets of Curiosity, Obi-Wan, Peacemaker, the Bear, Yellowstone, and Tulsa King.
0: Okay. Good choices all around. I think I'd probably throw a knot in there for Ozark. I'd probably throw a knot in there for Dahmer. Um
1: Yeah, it's a good call on
0: Dahmer. But yeah, I mean, th- those are pretty good choices. So I'm definitely uh I'm not gonna argue with those, you know. And and TV, it's huh. It, see, put it this way like even 10 years ago, I think that like our list would have probably been the same. that's that's
1: why that's why i was making that point exactly that's what i was saying but
0: now everything is so varied and so it's like who knows what you caught
1: because there could be things that if if you caught it you it would be on your list like mine Mm -hmm. but but you might not have speaking of which cabinets of curiosity did you only watch that one episode that your friend was involved with right yeah get into the other ones yet yeah you got to get to it man you'll love it it's it's really good really yeah i i think i would like it i mean, dude it's really weird like i don't dislike
0: del toro at all um, but he just does shit that's just not up my alley a lot of times.
1: Yeah, like, I could see that. That's kind of why I gravitate to to him more. I, I kind of have that more fantasy like well, you know, than you, you know, I think, like, or something the, like that.
0: What the hell is the movie got the Oscar for?
1: Um, something shape of water. Of water. shape shape of water. Yeah, I didn't really like
0: that. <laughs> like, I just didn't like. I'm like, I get it, but I'm like, whatever, you know. It's I, I get it, but like, he doesn't really get me, like. You know, like I used to hate the fact. Like I love Blade Two. Okay, I think it's probably better than the first one. Yeah, I, I that, would say like, so. Because like he just that fits
1: him. Like that's really good. But
0: then like once he started making Hellboy, and I like saw the first one, I'm like, I don't like this. And then he kept making them, and I well, get that's funny. another
1: one where the I always said that about him. It's weird, but Blade Two and Hellboy Two, like Hellboy Two, is the shit. Yeah, in yeah, my yeah.
0: opinion, it, it's much better than the first one. I'll give you that. Oh man. Yeah. Okay
1: but it's, I mean, there's, I really like
0: that. I, but I like Kronos a lot, which was like his first horror movie that he made. Like, you know, I like a lot of his older shit. I just think that he's too, you like Pan's Labyrinth, right? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing. I think he gets caught up more in the fan. It's not him. Like he, he's fully ingrained in horror and everything, but I feel like Hollywood likes his fantasy side a lot more than his horror side. Yeah, and and I get why, but his horror side is considerably better to me. That's why That's I think you'll me. really
1: enjoy this because of the different directors and. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, mean I really good I, episodes. I
0: put it this way: when My buddy was explaining what it was to me. Like, he's like, "I'm in this thing," and I'm like, "Well, what is it?" And he's like, "Telling me." I was like, "That's a great idea. Like, I do like that idea of like it's almost it's not the same thing, but it's like the Masters of Horror idea. Like, we're gonna do a series. Right, exactly. We're yeah. gonna yeah. tales from the directors. crypt. Yes, yeah, same idea. Like." Dude, this is just completely off base. But this threw me for a loop. I saw I was watching The Price is Right yesterday. Guess who directed that episode that I watched?
1: John Favreau, Adam Sandler. Wow, that's I was like, r- what the fuck as is all hell?
0: Dude's doing fucking Price is Right episodes. He can,
1: you know, you get to a point, dude. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So you some weird. It's like when James Franco was on soap operas. He's like an A list actor. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> dude. feel like, sure like doing this, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, dude, Stephen A. Smith has done soap operas, which is weird. You but know, like, we'll, when Will Ferrell and uh, one of the SNL chicks, I forget which one offhand did the uh, one of those lifetime movies, but they played it straight like it was just yeah. a straight up lifetime movie because they just wanted to experiment or whatever. Yeah, it's I get that. You know what I mean? So you, you do sometimes want to
0: branch out and do something a little bit differently. Yeah, so for sure. You know, and with television nowadays, like you have
1: the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Cause TV's popping right now. Like, exactly. that's why they got Stallone finally. And that's Tulsa Kings on my list. It's not even done yet, but I fucking love that show. Five yeah, says in that.
0: I, I stopped at the second one, but like, it is really good. So I'm yeah. definitely not. And you know, and I don't know a lot of people and it's not on my list, but a lot of people be screaming about fucking Yellowstone. Cause that's What's people not like, I, on here? I constantly hear that from people. I've never watched an episode, of it, but you know, never say never.
1: But, uh, But, okay, the J, so here we go. Best TV show of the year. Who's your choice? I'm going with, and everybody that listens to us knows our constant bloodline tie-in to pro wrestling. So maybe I'm biased, hey, Ed, but I just fucking love this show. I ate up every episode. It was so up my alley. Cena killed it. I went with Peacemaker.
0: Dude. So did I
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> and, and no, for those listening listen to our review I, I you know it's easy to find I forget offhand which episode but we reviewed the whole series and you could tell our mutual love for it so that does make sense that this is the first one that we both have the same choice
0: dude you know how begrudgingly I went into that
1: yeah and for those no that don't know dude it's not like comic book
0: stuff for the most part I had no interest at all and I remember watching that first episode and calling you and being like dude holy fuck like this is really <laughs> yeah. good like yeah. cena's amazing like the cast is amazing it just dude it's you know what it is too because i had i if i wouldn't have picked peacemaker i'd have probably picked Dahmer. okay but the reason why i picked peacemaker is because i've not seen a show in a while like that one that like literally puts me in a good fucking mood hey, yeah, that's why i picked it like i look forward to it more than everything. and it's good. It's not just it's a happy fucking show. It's a good show. It's well written, well done. It's right up my alley. It has my type of humor in it. But it it's a fun show. And it really shouldn't be, considering what the fucking yeah, subject matter is. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but it's really good, dude. It's it's the best thing that Cena's done to this date. And that's oh, and hands Cena's down. and Cena's good. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy Cena
1: being in stuff generally yeah him and and blockers I love too man he kills me now it's but like
0: dude he's such a perfect dude for this character like yeah he really is
1: goofy and I think that's why James Gunn wanted to do it because they had him as a you know smaller role in a big ensemble with Suicide Squad and he's like over the pandemic he like wrote out this season was like Cena hoping you'll do this and he's like I trust you man let's go and dude remember I even said You know,
0: watching that movie, I'm like, eh, it's not really great. Not really up my alley, but fucking Cena's great in it. Like, he he killed that shit. Yeah, he's a perfect peacemaker, like you said. So, it didn't take long before we had an agreement on that one, the J.A. So, uh, let's keep it going. Let's see if we can get another one, maybe, here. But I don't know. Maybe one more if we're lucky. But let's go to best album of the year. Um, This one was really all over the place for me. Um, But i mean you already know what i'm picking so it is what it is but you know there there was a lot of good music this year that's the thing that's wild to me like a lot of people you know our ages and shit complain about music and granted there's a lot to complain about but if you know where to look and you know how to find the stuff you're gonna find some really good shit. because they were i mean there's some great stuff this year there really was
1: yeah and i i always say the disclaimer for this category specifically regarding the J is that I predominantly listen to uh, hip hop slash rap, however you want to put it, and then um, you know metal slash hard rock, however you want to put that, because uh, the J likes to get pumped as we know on the show so it's it's my usual pump up music although you know we talk about it, i'm all over the board like when i'm writing i'll even put on like scores and classical and shit so i'm one of those people that that they talk about like you could see my playlist and it has like fucking you know kenny rogers metallica and Nas, you know or whatever yeah dude i'm the
0: you know me i'm the same way with that kind of shit too i just don't listen to country really um but like you know as far as new music goes like like, dude, I love metal, but I think a lot of the new metal shit that comes out isn't very good.
1: Well, it has the um, same problem with a lot of modern rap. It's like the same kind of thing. That, a lot too. of it's, yeah, a lot of it sounds the same to me. You know what I mean? It like, It doesn't, it, well, there's dude, songs that just don't stand out. I'm like, that did nothing. It was just loud, yelling, I think.
0: I think the thing is with hip hop for me, though, and I agree with you. I think a lot of it's terrible. But, like, when something isn't terrible, it's usually really good.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, there's been there's some because, good
0: shit. Cause it stands out. I think dude, I sadly, I think with metal and shit, like a lot of the problem for me this year was like nothing really stood out. It's just some good stuff, but nothing really blew my mind or nothing like a big telltale sign for me is like what got repeated spins from me throughout the year and very little metal
1: did. Yeah. Got you on that. Well, I'll throw you my nominees. Hey, yeah. Okay. So I have Nas King's disease three Conway, the machine. God don't make mistakes. Freddie Gibbs, Soul Sold Separately, Motionless and White, Scoring the End of the World, Shine Down Planet Zero, Papa Roach Ego Trip, Ghost Impera, and I Prevail True Power.
0: Okay. So for me, um, I have a, a couple albums that I'd throw out there this year. Obviously, Nas King's Disease, fucking fantastic. Um, also, another one. Dude, this album's so good, and I don't think people give this album the proper credit. But it's a Jay Worthy Harry Fraud album, and it's called "You Take the Credit, We'll Take the Check." Um, that's one of my favorite albums of the year. It's so fucking good. Um, Joey Badass's 2000 is a really good album. Yeah, I was really, I was
1: listening to that not too long ago. It is good. Like
0: I think that's underrated as fuck. As you, you put think, me on him, I don't think people give that one enough credit. Um, I really liked. Um, if, I don't know if you even know who Thirty Eight Special is, but yeah, I do. He, he put out a couple albums this year, which is, you know, pretty typical of rappers nowadays. But uh, he did an album with Harry Fraud, and it's called Beyond Belief that's really good. Um, so I kind of wanted to throw nods out to those. Um, but, you know, a lot of good albums, too, this year, just not great albums, in yeah, my regard. Yeah, right. Um, so for me, it's not a big secret. It's, you already know this, the J. My album of the year is Nas' King's Disease 3. I think it's Nas's third best album he ever made. I was really impressed with it. Um, I love his production with Hit Boy, and I'm not a Hit Boy fan, but for some reason, when dude works with Nas, it's fucking magic. So it's just a fantastic album. Dude, it's funny because like a friend of mine, we were talking about this the other day. He's like, yeah, he's like, hip hop was fucking terrible for the most part. And then all these old head dudes started putting out albums and made it good again. Like they're yeah. all popping with, with good albums in 2022.
1: And Nas is literally the antithesis of that to me. Yeah, it's a great call. It's a great album. It was right up there for me, Hey Ed. But again, sticking to my hard rock, the one that got the most spins. I don't even know if you know of this band, but I went with Motionless and White in Scoring the End of the World because uh, that was the one I listened to the most, put most of their songs in my gym playlist and stuff. So, Yeah,
0: uh, I, I know who they are. It's, it's shredded. It's, you know, I don't know. I'm, dude, I'm just different with shit. Like a lot of metal too now, like, there's, well, you know this, there's four million categories of metal, but like poppy metal, which is the one that kind of like sticks around the most and I fucking hate most of it. Yeah,
1: a lot of people do. It's
0: Dude, I don't, you know what I think it is? Like, I'm not trying to be ignorant or or shit on people, but I think that's like a lot of older people.
1: Yeah. Like, you
0: know, like dudes that like grew up like a rock in the 80s and they still listen to shit now and like there's bands that they like. Like, I mean, dude, that's why whenever you look at like, Metal as a genre—that's why you see a lot of old, like bands that you would have recognized in the '80s are still putting well, music yeah, out. Yeah, Megadeth—that was going to yep.
1: be on here. Their album this year was pretty good. That was a good album. But, but and I'm not a big, still going. I'm know? not a
0: big Megadeth fan, but
1: that's a, that's a rare yeah, I love Megadeth. So like, that's yeah. a good
0: one. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that's just you know, it's not a young man's fucking genre anymore. It's yeah. just not. Like, I don't think, like, dude, it's probably you know, it's probably a rare thing to kind of find a kid who. who like wants to play guitar and shit, unless he's into old music. Yeah, that's no, true. That's a good point. But you know, just throwing that out there. So we are on our final category. It's been a good year here at the uh, the What's Real podcast. So, and one of the things we do probably most well known on here, like if you notice, our award categories are mainly about the shit we talk about the most here on the program. So this one shouldn't come as a surprise, and that is best movie. Um, we were talking about this off the air and like, man, it's kind of a bummer the Jay, because like we're three years into doing the show and we've done best of, you know, our best of awards every year. And it kind of sucks, man, because for best movie, that's the category you think we'd like wax poetic about the most. But in current day climate, since the pandemic started, uh, new movies are not as prevalent as they used to be. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that comes out on streaming. There's some stuff that comes out in the theater. Um, some shit like dude one of the biggest uh, problems for me is one of my favorite movies of the year is Hellbender it's technically a movie that came out in 2021 but no one saw it until this year so it's considered a movie from 2022 Um, so there's a lot of weird shit like that it's just way more complicated than it used to be to pick the best movie and it's just frankly not as fun
1: yeah I agree I mean it's like we said with these categories with just the setup of where we're at with technology and how entertainment is consumed and exactly what you're saying. It just, it's just a waterfall of content and it's just a lot different than what we're used to growing up as movie lovers.
0: And it's difficult to pick stuff out of that
1: um, because you just don't have the plethora of choices
0: and stuff. So it doesn't, it, it's different. It's just different than what it would, what, what it could have been previously. But uh, obviously uh, whenever I went through the year, there was a handful of things, and dude, it's so weird because the the best stuff from the year really wasn't movies for me. It was documentaries, if anything. Um, some of the better things that I saw this year, of course, uh, was Barbarian, uh, of course, Genius. The Kanye documentary was really good. Uh, Trainwreck, Woodstock 99 was very good. Uh, the Tony Hawk documentary was very good. Um, And I enjoyed horror movies, too, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Revealer. Um, But, you know, are these things that really blow me away?
1: No. Yeah, and and another aspect of it, too, again, like we were saying before with the TV shows, are things that I just haven't caught yet since we're doing the awards, you know? It's not not... necessarily uh, all things considered in 22 because of what we're saying. There's just so much shit. There's only so much time in the day. I haven't seen everything yet. Like we haven't seen Terrifier two, yep. uh, as far as being horror guys, and that was like a huge one this year. Uh, as far as you know, especially like an indie thing, and and there's just there's a bunch of stuff I could go on and on. But yeah, there's you know things like b- that, that Black Phone I
0: enjoyed, but is that
1: the movie of the year? Probably not. Yeah, you know, Barbarian I really
0: enjoyed. That's on my list. You yeah. know, but it's not a whole lot of feature films. Like it's there's not a lot of Oscar stuff on here. Like. Eh. Even that we've talked about that before, too, like that the Oscars has gotten so weird. We've kind of quit talking about it on the show in detail like we used to, because it's just not. Yeah, we bring it up, but not in detail. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just not worthy of the type of coverage that we used to give it. So it's like, "Mm, what do you want to do? You know, but uh, but here it is. Best movie of the year. The J Uh, gun to your head, brother. What are you going with?
1: All right. My nominees are Bullet Train X, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Nope, The Batman, and one I know you didn't like, Hey Ed, but the J liked it a lot more than you. It's one of my favorites of 2022, and that was Prey, is my last one on here. Ugh,
0: yeah, that, that's a big no for me. Um, all right, man, so let's do it, the J. Best movie of 2022, in your opinion.
1: <laughs> so, as you had the big preamble about the Oscar thing, and you're you're definitely right, That that rings true with us. But I basically picked a, an Oscar contender, ironically. So I must okay. say that. But I went with everything, everywhere, all at once. I, I'm somebody that complains about unor- originality in Hollywood, and this is the most original film of the year to me. Uh, the concept is so cool. It's you know, ironically, you know, with Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they do all the parallel worlds and the multiverse and everything, and that's what this is like based on is the multiverse. But it's still just such a unique concept, and, and just completely different from the comic book realm. I just it just stood out for me. I just really thoroughly enjoyed it, and with its originality, that was like the deciding factor for me to call it the Jay's favorite movie of 2022
0: so far. I'm literally sitting here looking at the Blu-ray of
1: it that I've yet to watch, so, <laughs> so it's maybe not you'll watch it list. and let me
0: know. Yeah, but uh, my choice is something way off base here, uh, very different. Um, just i went with the thing that i enjoyed the most this year that i saw um and it's a documentary um it's called george carlin's american dream
1: yeah uh, it was good we reviewed all, that
0: all about the life and career of george carlin it's kind of cheating i know but i i, I don't we f- make I the can, rules hey yeah. like dude i feel like if i just gave you a regular movie like it wouldn't be genuine yeah. I'd, I'd end up picking a movie that
1: yeah, works okay we're called what's real we're real here on this exactly we gotta be real So
0: that was the best movie for me, was George Carlin's American Dream. So uh, that's it for 22, the J. We're about done here, man. Uh, You know, hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, Hope you guys had a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. Of course, don't forget to join us January 6th for the season four premiere, episode 145. Uh, We're going to have a great show lined up for you guys there as well. Um, a lot of NFL talk coming back. We'll have all kinds of normal stuff like we do, some new segments and everything else. But uh, 2023 is looking like it's going to be a lot of fun The Jay
1: Can't wait, brother. Love the ride, as we say. And you said we signed all the contracts. We're set to go. Hey, Ed, the J, and the wizard behind the boards, Cam Hadelman, our producer for Season 4 of the What's Real Podcast. So as we say on the show, if you're hearing us right now, we love you, we appreciate you. Hopefully you're having fun with us. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Here's to a healthy, prosperous New Year for everybody. Let's all kick ass in 2023. And please continue to check out every Friday it drops, the What's Real Podcast Season 4. But got got to go through my run-throughs. Hey, I love the show. Shout out to Cam. Appreciate what you do, Cam. Thanks for this year and beyond. And to you, my brother, hey, Ed, thanks for going on the ride with me, man. It's a blast. Three years plus, brother. Let's keep going. 2023. And still, you'll hear the J next week.
0: Absolutely. So that is it for us here on the Best of 22 Awards on the Once in Row podcast. Shout out to our producer, Cam, because nobody beats the Wiz. Tag team champs forever, the J. Clang, Clang, Clang. You know how we do here. So that is it. Don't forget to join us next week for the season premiere on January 6th of the What's Real podcast, season four. So that's it for us this week and this year. Goodbye to 2022. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to join us next week and next year for the What's Real podcast.
1: What's, real? What's real?